welcome to Beyond the Board, a podcast that explores the themes and real-life inspirations behind tabletop games. I'm Mike. I'm Spencer. And on today's episode of Beyond the Board, we'll be discussing the themes behind the game Dice Throne. Dice Throne. That's a that's an interesting game. It's like Yahtzee mixed with... Uh, Street Fighter. Yeah, sure. Or Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Pick your poison of any kind of fighting game. The two images I have are like... Like Blanca and E Honda mixed with like an old man playing Yahtzee. Yeah, and that's pretty much what you got with Dice Throne. <laughs> this is actually relatively timely because we're going to be talking about season one of Dice Throne because mm-hmm. it's a seasonal game. Because season two is going to be coming out and probably hitting our doors next month, maybe. Yeah. If the Kickstarter is to be believed. Yeah. Um. I I still feel like though the themes are pretty similar. Yeah. It's with the what exact we're touching same. on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Dice Throne, the idea, it's it's very simple, Yahtzee-based kind of, but each character you play as uh, has different powers and upgrades that you can add to it, depending on it. Uh, but you're really, it's a, a dueling game, if you will. You're going head-to-head versus somebody else for the most part, and you're trying to take down their hit points. Yeah, each player has a board and a deck of cards that have little power-ups or boosters or things like that that they can do to alter or change the dice rolls that they do. And very much like Yahtzee, you roll, you save some dice aside that you want to keep, you pick up the remaining, you roll them again, maybe save some different dice and roll one final thing, and you look at the possible combinations on your board, and boom, you've done hopefully some devastating attack against your opponent. Yeah, and they're all themed towards what characters you are, and you have stuff like the moon elf, and or... Very evasive, not high damage, but, like, binds people, hits yeah. from a long distance sort or of idea. Or the pyromancer, which is, like, building up fire and eventually hitting hard with, with their powers, or the monk. So there's a lot of different characters, and it's very pretty art. You get a chance to check it out. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, the theme I think we're going to discuss today, I think we're going to discuss. We have no idea what we're going to do ahead of time. Flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> but since it's a, generally a head on, head-to-head kind of game, uh, we're going to talk about dueling. Yeah, dueling, which is... The art of the duel. The art of the duel, <laughs> and I guess we should probably start with what is a duel, because we probably have, most people have an idea from maybe movies or TV shows or really a or whole host of musicals. Famous musicals, <laughs> exactly, about what a duel is. So we should lay down some groundwork, lay down some rules, which is going to be a running theme for this whole idea of dueling. What is a duel, then? A duel is it's an arranged fight between two people with matching weapons uh, and a very particular set of rules, just like you said. Mm-hmm. So it's different than... Uh, single combat, which it's still a one-v-one one fight, uh, but it's used to resolve conflicts either regarding honor or or just a dispute. Right. Single combat used to be this technique where armies were combating against one another, and they would have individuals from each side represent and fight one another. And this would sometimes happen before a fight or even like within a fight. Like Soldiers would break apart and let these two ideal... combatants fight each other. Kind of like a dance-off. Exactly (laughs) like a dance-off with swords. Somebody dying. But the the single combat, before it even hit the duel stage, was uh, turned into this thing called the Passage of Arms, which I thought was this really interesting tradition from medieval knights. 
can it, it, so all right so they would they would basically find a territory or an area like in front of a, a city archway or a bridge or something and they would declare that any knight that wanted to pass by must fight and if they didn't fight they would be disgraced and they would have to leave their spurs behind i think is what yeah that was the symbol of being disgraced yeah which which to me it just sounds like a bunch of bullies going hey like just standing around waiting for somebody to pass he's probably just got done fighting a dragon yeah <laughs> he's it, coming into town he goes i don't want to deal with this that's totally true though it does sound more like bullying than anything that's especially honor bound but that was that was a a form of planned combat almost mm-hmm. for a period of time. So I mean this this single combat and this passive passage of arms lasted for a little while, but it did eventually evolve. Mm-hmm. And why is because well, technology improved and combat improved. Specifically long distance weapons like longbows were created. And now you could just kill somebody from really really far away. Why bother taking the danger of getting close to them? You could just snipe them from a uh, very long distance, uh-huh. problem and, solved. Yeah, and that took away the idea of chivalry. Yeah. Uh, it took the idea of, of the way of like this this honor of the way these knights are supposed to behave. And on top of this, nobility needed to distinguish themselves from the lower class. They're not just they're not just brawlers. They're they're knights. Mm-hmm. They they've got a higher standard to to live to. And so, what better ways to do this than just put down rules of etiquette? Yeah, and so with the ch- the shift of single combat to passage of arms to the nobility saying, no, 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 this is how it's supposed mm-hmm. to be done proper, you get... You can beat the crap out of him, just do it properly. Do it the right way. <laughs> Around the kind of like mid-18th century is when you started to see duels rise, and almost immediately they were not highly popular. <laughs> In the late 18th century, the Enlightenment era, people were not really interested in just you know, random violent acts in the streets. You know, holding up a bridge and saying, nobody can cross this bridge unless I unless you can beat me up didn't really fly so much. Yeah. And so, so their goal was to be as polite as possible. And so following the proper etiquette and to do so meant that violence should be either avoided or done the right way. And that's where you get the modern duel. And the world, so the world is industrializing. This is also right around the time of the Industrial Revolution. And so there are other ways that one can defend their own honor rather than fighting somebody. Police forces were finally larger and more effective. You know, when we did our episode on highway robbery, essentially, mm-hmm. the reason highway robbery was so easy is because police forces were small and ineffective at the time. Those have been bolstered up. And so, well, you're not allowed to just kind of fight randomly in the street anymore. Mm-hmm. Other ways is using your words. <laughs> we're, we're not in kindergarten anymore. Use your words. Uh, and then, like, make your case and try to convince the other person, like, no, this is why this was wrong. Say you're sorry. You, and you even had, like, the press, the yeah. newspaper. You can just print out in the, the world the scandal of this person wronged me by doing this. Now the whole world knows mm-hmm. sort of situation. Yeah, and and that takes us to the modern age. It's it's Alexander Hamilton did that with Aaron Burr. There was a lot of going back and forth in the press before they actually had that duel, that famous duel that Aaron Burr killed Alexander Hamilton. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the musical. <laughs> or taken U.S. history. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, too, I guess. If that's where you learn your right. U.S. history. <laughs> but it's interesting, that idea of the 
the modern duel because we it, we saw it in war which is which kind of still is in that idea of single combat person versus person fighting each other and we saw it in the civil war lots and lots of officers would get killed in duels you know they have sabers or swords and fight one another and it wasn't even necessarily the duel that killed them it was the horrible wounds that they suffered because if you've seen anything related to medical practices during the civil war it was brutal. They learned a lot about surgery in the Civil War. They actually, did. actually, a lot of advances for our surgery came from the Civil War. You were telling me about that. Yeah. That's really fascinating. So in the United Kingdom, dueling actually shifted away from the traditional swords and sabers, as you can see in a lot of these older kind of duels. It's depicted a lot in paintings. Mm. Um, and <laughs> Three Musketeers. Uh, and so they started using specialized pistols. And pistols were even designed specifically to be used for dueling, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Uh, this, so this adds an air of nobility and, and a respectability of the practice. And buying a pistol is expensive, and especially as proper dueling pistols. So it also adds to that, like, you got to be rich, you got to be noble, you got to know what you're doing to have a proper duel. And if you killed somebody in this duel, it technically still is murder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're killing somebody. Uh, but a lot of the times the justice system would see that it was an honor-bound dispute, and they would be a lot more lenient when it came to actually trying the person. Yeah. So from the mid to late 1800s, dueling, like we said earlier, started to take a dive in popularity. You did still see it in certain regions of the world, the American South and the American Western frontier, the yeah. Wild West. Yeah, you definitely had examples of them. You know, you see it in the movies all the time, that concept of the quick draw in the Wild West. Didn't happen nearly as often as we see it in the movies, but there are still reported cases where the quick draw duel did happen. But once you hit World War I, and we talked about earlier with the Civil War, these officers fighting each other, Armies were not super excited to have their officers go fight one another in a duel because they spent a lot of money and time training them, and they didn't want to just see them just go get killed by one other person. That's an investment that they made. And yeah. so it really kind of got tamped down from a military perspective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, fun fact, it, uh, in 1908, they used it in the Olympics. Dueling was a sport in the Olympics. Now, you say, how do they do this without <laughs> killing each other? Well, they actually used wax bullets and then a crap ton of protection, uh, which was really it was fascinating. I started looking it up, and they these guys have almost like fencing garb when yeah. they're dueling, uh, so you don't, like, shoot them in the face accidentally. Yeah, Why the, don't we do that anymore? The armor is really fascinating. It's, uh -huh. But, yeah, that was not a long-lasting Olympic sport. That one got taken out of the rotation pretty quickly. <laughs> We talked about this concept that duels are, they have rules, right? They're, an important part of them is that we're not just fighting each other like, hey, you want to fight? And then you just fight. There are there are set kind of steps that you have to follow in order to make this happen. So we thought it might be important or interesting to talk a little bit about some of the most common rules of combat that you would find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are different rules for different regions uh, everywhere you look. But I think these are pretty much the general, like, the proper way to duel mm. somebody. So once somebody declared a duel, like I challenge you to a duel, and you smack them with your your glove, mm. uh, there's a there's a couple rules that come into play before the actual duel. So each combatant appoints someone known as the second. So they're the primary. 
their their second in command is their second. And these guys, uh, individuals, were responsible for dismantling the conflict between the two and trying to stop any bloodshed as possible. They're the mediators between the two. If, if they can if they can calm everything down, they're going to try to. Yeah, that was interesting that it does not go straight to the duel. After a, a duel has been sort of announced or challenged, they don't fight right away. Even if they want to fight, they find an alternative if possible. But sometimes the duel is necessary. So the seconds, their next job then is to figure out the rules for the duel. So... How can we make this happen in a way that is acceptable to both parties and ideally make sure that nobody dies? Oftentimes that was not the goal of the duel was to kill somebody else, but just to kind of show power and show that I'm better than you. I, just, I, I, I won the dispute both in words, in honor, but also in combat sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, we can't decide on, on a, a final agreement, so this is what we both have decided on. We'll settle the dispute. Right. Yeah. So, uh, like I said before, it, it varies from region to region, and therefore it also varies from weapon to weapon. Uh, sometimes it was swords, uh, sometimes it was pistols, but first it was swords. It was going to be bloody. First, first person to stab somebody or get the serious injury, they would win. In a pistol duel, deciding the range, number of shots, and other rules. For example, both combatants may fire once, and that may just be the end of it. Yeah. Uh, which was an interesting thing. I found that, like... It was you can fire once. If you both miss, you can go on a second time. Mm-hmm. But if you go on like for three or more times, it was considered barbaric, and it rarely happened. Right. Also, if you weren't being able to shoot each other by then, then maybe both of you should just shake hands and be done with it. Yeah, because especially since this is associated with nobility, you know, it's there were certain eras where nobles were highly trained in the military and other instances or eras of time where that was not a necessary mm-hmm. given. And so these people might not have any combat experience and now they're picking up these fancy, well-designed pistols for the first time and they have no idea how to use them. <laughs> so it did not necessarily mean immediate death if you were in a duel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the second would decide a location and they would figure out a location and they would want to pull it very far away from civilization not to be noticed by police or mm-hmm. or stuff uh, and so they would traditionally be held at dawn and this is another job of the second they would hold it at dawn and that's so the poor lighting would make the actual first or the primaries the participants less likely to be seen but also they let them sleep on it. They let them think about, is this even worth it? It's another job of the second to cool everything down mm. before you actually fought and killed somebody. So it, I think they called it a sobering time of day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, fun fact uh, about that is they actually used to use lanterns for those because they would do them in, at nighttime or at, at dawn, and they would use lanterns during a duel. Uh, so a lot of these old depicted like dual like how to's had these positions that you would take with your lantern and your uh your saber or whatever you're using at the time and they started using it in combat as well to like blind your opponent mm-hmm. while you're trying to stab them somewhere that's that's it's funny that you mentioned that that was part of the training cuz that is still part of the training today so I took fencing for a short period of time you've and... done I feel like you've done everything <laughs> and if you watch modern day fencing there's a particular stance that everybody has, and so they have their their blade in one hand, and the other hand is kind of up above them, yeah. and it's kind of like it's kind of curved towards their head. 
that was to hold the lantern. And so it was a sort of balancing point is the lantern would be up there and you're kind of balancing the weight of the lantern and positioning, getting the lighting in the right way. And it's kind of up in the eyes and you have your blade in the other hand. And so even when you're learning how to duel, <laughs> sorry, when you're learning how to fence, <laughs> we didn't, we weren't trained how to duel, but when you're learning how to fence, you still hold that posture because it is so ingrained now in fencing culture. And you'll see it still in, in competitive fencing is they have to do something with that other arm and it still oftentimes goes back into that sort of reflexive lantern holding position that's fascinating do you still call like fencing bouts duels or do you call them bouts or do you call them something else you know what honestly i don't i don't know you clearly didn't do that much fencing i'm just kidding (laughs) i wasn't very good at it (laughs) but you learned a lot i did learn a lot so fascinating it's interesting stuff i wonder if they still do like nighttime fencing with lanterns I'm sure there's some posh part of the world where they live up to the old <laughs> traditions and, and do the, those sorts of things. It would be fascinating. But the idea is that they will fight according to these rules, and one person is going to win. And as we mentioned earlier, if you won and you killed somebody, I mean, you just murdered somebody. Mm-hmm. And even if you fought and you hurt somebody, that is still assault to a certain degree. And so you would likely get arrested and it is part of the the honor and the code is to not resist that arresting to just go along with it because as we said before the judicial system was a little lenient on people who dueled so hold your honor acknowledge the fact that you just killed that person (laughs) go to jail for a period of time and then they'll probably let you go because they'll see that you are such an honorable and well-kept individual yeah so that's uh that's pretty much what we got on dueling. There's obviously a lot more with mm. dueling and there's a lot more rules depending on which region like we said before. Um, but if you don't got anything else, no, I think that's all I've got. Awesome. Well, short and sweet for you guys today. Uh, if you like listening what we did and you want to let us know how well, just anything or maybe some extra facts about uh, dueling. If you'd like uh, to challenge us to a duel. If you'd like to challenge us to a duel, go ahead and send an email to beyondtheboardpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can subscribe and review on our iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at GoingBTB or at WizBotGames because we also make role-playing games. And uh, if you want to check out those, you can go to WizBotGames.com, um, our home on the web. Uh, also, we are going to be at PAX Unplugged come November 30th? 30th to December 2nd, I believe. Yes. So if you want to check us out, come find us. Uh, we don't have a booth or anything. We're just going to be walking around. But <laughs> if you want to find us, uh, give and us a challenge us to a duel. And challenge us to a duel. Or if you just want to find us and say hi, please do. Pistols at dawn, Mike? Pistols at dawn. Drawn. I forgot this Hamilton song. <laughs> this podcast has been produced in association with the Nerdalogs. To find out more about the Nerdalogs and their shows, visit www.nerdalogs.com or facebook.com slash Thanks for listening. <laughs>